Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. We're so thrilled to have you here today to hear a podcast that is very special to us and our uh, Rejoice Marriage Ministry as it is one of our staff uh, that has a praise report and we just wanted to make a podcast to proclaim it and to share what uh, the Lord has done in her life and in her husband's life that God did a miracle in their life at Christmas time and Deanne is our guest today who many of you have uh, talked to and uh, prayed with and we just um, thank you for coming on Deanne to do a, a podcast with us to share your um, praise report that you have and testimony. Uh, well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very happy and excited to be able to share with everybody um, the miracle that God brought forth at uh, the end of last year. And um, he, is really, he is really an awesome God. Amen. Well, the end two years ago, we recorded a podcast with you. And at that time, we were rejoicing with you because after quite a while apart, your husband had proposed to you. And just like uh, many people who are listening to this episode, you were in the same boat they were. You were praying for restoration of your marriage. So can you bring us up to speed a little bit on what has been happening um, since you got engaged a couple of years ago? Yes. We got engaged uh, Christmas of 2000 and. 18, I'm sorry, 2017. And so we started into 2018 and, um, you know, my husband and I lived almost two hours apart. Um, so it was 10 years of weekends only and God was just reconciling us through that. I was standing through that time and allowing God to do what he needed to do. Um, not easy, as we all know, but just day by day, not looking at the calendar. So going into 2018, the Lord was putting on my heart to get my house ready for sale. He was saying, prepare your house, prepare your house, because you're going to move. And I didn't want to move. I wanted my husband to move down where I am. He wanted me to move up where he is. Um, but I knew that God was saying, prepare your house. So started doing that. And uh, there were some obstacles I knew that were in the way with, with the title of my house, the, the, deed, the deed of my house that God had to clear and, and move some mountains. And through that, the Lord did that miracle. He cleared my title, moved the mountains. And I, you, you know it's God when he opens the door because he is definitely the doorkeeper and the gatekeeper. I had mentioned to my neighbor um, in the front of me that I was going to be putting my house on the market in a couple of months and, you know, going to be selling. Meanwhile, I'm just praying, Lord, your will be done. So I walked out one day and my, my neighbor across the grass, um, who was my neighbor for like 15 years, he walks over and he says, oh, I heard you're selling your house, and I want to buy your house. I'm going to pay you cash, and I'll pay you whatever price you want. And I said, okay, okay, God. <laughs> I knew that was definitely God. Um, I went in and I, and I, you know, just said, okay, there's no question that, God, you want me to sell my house and you want me to move north with my husband. So through that, um, got everything prepared. God worked out every single detail, just favor and blessings and all green lights and started preparing my house and closed on it in September and moved up um, with my husband in the same city and, uh, you know, started joining households. And he had been on his own for 
living on his own for about, uh, I would say we both were in our houses about 16, 17 years. So trying to combine two households and uh, women can understand this, how stressful with the boxes and the closet space and the, and the, the, the drawers and everything that has to go through. So it was, it was a very hard year of transition for me in um, 2019 and uh, many challenges. Um, and I want to encourage all of you that when, when the door opens and you walk through and you have that peace and confidence that it's the will of God, but then things start coming against you, you, you find opposition, you find uh, you don't have the peace, you don't have the joy, you have challenges, you, you have um, uh, maybe confusion or doubt or regrets, that is not of God. We know that is not of God. And that's where we have to stand firm on, okay, Lord, you told me this, you showed me this, just like David with the lion and the bear. You know, I did. I, I I defeated the lion. I defeated the bear, and I can take down this Goliath because he knew that God was with him. So all of last year, the Lord kept telling me that uh, choose joy, choose joy, because I was just I had been in my that area where I lived for 48 years. So leaving my family, leaving my church, changing my job, um, company. And changing, uh, changing everything, changing the church, changing my friends, you know, just coming up to a new area where I knew nothing and just feeling kind of a fish out of water, feeling lonely. But I knew that I was in the place where I was supposed to be. I was with my beloved and I knew that God wanted this to happen. And we were waiting on some obstacles, some other financial obstacles and things to be moved out of the way so that we could say, I do again. Some of the challenges, you know, that will make you think, well, God, are you with me? Where are you? <laughs> I feel alone. Like, why is this happening? Um, I, you know, due to the, I think, the stress of moving and just all the changes, I ended up getting shingles uh, in, in March, and I, was, I had shingles in my, in my side for a couple of months, healing over that. Then our daughter, um, pregnant with twins, got a, uh, a diagnosis on uh, one of the twins that was not good. Um, and we did definitely want our daughter to be here. She lives out of state, so we wanted her and her family to be here when we when we got married again. Um, but I ended up going out of state to be with her for a month and having the birth of the twins, and our granddaughter did go home to be with Jesus. Um, thank God we have a healthy grandson, but I was, I was there for a month, and that was a very um, hard time for our family. Um, but coming back, um, I ended up breaking my foot on a ministry trip. And that was another 10 weeks of recovery. Um, meanwhile, still trying to get adjusted and getting used to being uh, being a, a wife again. I was just really wanting to be the best wife possible. I wanted to serve my husband. I wanted, I mean, I hadn't done this for 25 years. So it was just me and the Lord and me doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I had the freedom and I had, I could just, um, the Lord was my husband for many, many years. So um, we know the Bible says when you're single, you minister unto the Lord, but when you're married, you minister unto your husband. So I just kept saying, Lord, help me, teach me how to be a wife again. Teach me um, to, to, to honor my husband and to serve him and to, um, to be reunited with him as one, that you'll make this natural and easy, you know, just help us. Because both of us were struggling with trying to rejoin our lives together Um and I'm sure that many of you can relate to that. So as we were doing that, um, I was praying all of all of the year, and, and my friends in this ministry course was praying with me um, for that 
that date to come for us to get remarried. And it seemed that when I would bring up the, the conversation, um, there was always, so, well, we have to wait for this, we have to wait for that. So I kept waiting for God to clear all of these things out of the way. So meanwhile, our daughter was planning to come for Christmas time to uh, with her family to visit. And uh, so I had mentioned, well, you know, our Crystal's coming for Christmas with our grandsons and our son-in-law, and my son lives here local, so we were, you know, can we go ahead and plan to do a wedding? Um, but we had the big wedding in the beginning, you know, many, many years ago. So we're not, we weren't planning on doing that, maybe just something small with the family. And like Charlene gives in her testimony, you know, I had, you know, had it in my mind how I wanted it to happen. I wanted to get married on the beach. I wanted Charlene to marry us. I wanted to have some of our family and friends and uh, choose the right dress and all of that. Well, there was no planning because we, we did everything was up in the air. So as I continued to, um, when I felt the release, I would say, well, can we think about getting married while Crystal's here around Christmas time? And there, there, was, um, there was resistance. So I was just like, okay, I went to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? I don't understand. We're engaged and, and we're joining our lives and you're in the midst of us and we need to finish this restoration. Um, so that you get the glory before man. You know, we know our covenant marriage is registered in heaven with you, but we want to be able to announce it to give you glory on earth before our family, our friends, and to have a, a testimony. <clears throat> so I was driving. Uh, I was driving two hours south on November 22nd, and God speaks to me a lot in numbers, so that was 1122. And I was just praying and crying and asking God, you know, Lord, what is your plan? Are we supposed to get married this year um, just just to to finish this and just seeking him and asking him to confirm? And I never really asked for confirmations. I just give it to him and let go. I've learned to do that over so many years. Uh, but I was driving and the two roads I was on, um, I was on one road, which is I-95, and across the way there's a point that the turnpike runs parallel, so two major highways. And as I, as I looked across, there was a clearing between the trees that I looked across the highway to the other highway I was going to be transferring over to, and I saw a swift truck. And I just said, okay, Lord, of course, my, the tears are flowing, and I'm like, okay, Lord, this is your will. You're telling me this is going to come swiftly. You're telling me this is going to happen this year, so I don't know how it's going to happen. There's no planning. There's nothing I can do. It's all in your hands. And I, and I would just have to daily let go and say, Lord, if you want this marriage to happen, it's your battle. I just had to keep saying, Lord, it's your battle. I give it to you. I give it to you. I can't try to push it, force it, demand it, take control over it, convince my husband. I had to just continue to be gentle and kind and loving and just wait on the Lord. Um, that was one of the things in our past is that um, – I, I, you know, we all, I, I did have a problem with my mouth, trying to be controlling, trying to take charge, trying to, you know, um, trying to be the head. So, you know, again, trying to be that godly wife, you know, doing it God's way, I had to just pray and let go. As I minister with many, many of you on the phone and pray with you, just don't say it to him, don't say it to your spouse, pray and release it to God and leave it there. So I kept doing that. <clears throat> and then as our daughter came um, I never even mentioned to her what we were thinking about doing, so I mentioned it to my husband again, and he just said, no, don't bring it up again. So I was like, I don't understand. And so I was like, Lord, show me what's going on. Like, what is the root of this resistance? 
Um, and we know it's the enemy who doesn't want the victory to come. He doesn't want God to get the glory, and he doesn't. He just wants to divide and, and hinder it. So as we were talking one day, my husband and I, I said, you proposed, I accepted, we are engaged, we've joined our lives, I sold my house, moved with you in total, in total faith that we're going to get remarried. That was the goal. And what came out of his mouth was, well, what if it happens again? What if you decide you're not happy? What if you leave me again? So I knew what was happening is that the enemy was trying to stop because of um, fear, because of uh, looking back to the past. And I just said, I've been with you for 12 years through all of our struggles with with death of grandbabies, with death, death of your mom, with financial issues, with health issues, with all of our challenges. And I'm here. I'm here. I am dedicated 100%. You, many of you know I was the prodigal. During our first 10 years of marriage, I was the standard wanting our marriage to be healed and better and wanted to go to counseling, and he didn't. And then when um, when he left and wanted to come back, that's when I said, no, I'm done. I'm finished. You're going to be hard in my heart, and I became the prodigal. So then we reversed, and then I was the prodigal for about three years and then started coming back to the Lord. Um, so it basically was 10 years married, 15 years apart. Three of those years I was in 10, and the next 12 years I was seeking the Lord with all my heart and serving the Lord, um, but not wanting to be reconciled with my husband. I was asking for a new husband, but then the Lord brought me truth and revelation of covenant and of my vows. And so the last two years of that 15 years, I was standing for Vic and praying for him and to come back and for God to do the miracle. And then the door opened, and he started that 10-year reconciling of us before we got engaged. So I'm just like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm 100% committed to you. You are my husband, my only husband. And please do not allow the enemy to lie to you um, or bring that fear or doubt that it's going to work. So that was a major hurdle, um, and that was what the enemy was using to stop. So as our daughter came, we enjoyed Christmas, and then I was asking after Christmas, okay, we're leaving in five days. Can we do this before they leave? And again, he's like, don't bring it up again. We're not getting married while we're here. So again, I just kept giving it to the Lord. This is your battle, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. I am just going to rest in you because you already know the day, the hour, the time. You already know what your plan is for us. So on the morning of December 27th, as we got up, my husband's like, okay, what are we going to do today? And I said, I don't know. It doesn't really matter because we're not going to do what I really wanted to do. And and he said, well, we are going to go to the courthouse and we're going to get our marriage license. And I said, oh, okay, we are. <laughs> so... I announced to my daughter and her husband that we're going to the court- courthouse and we're going to get a marriage license and we're going to get married. And they're like, what? So as he and I went to get our marriage license, we didn't realize that there was a three-day waiting period, which would make it push it to Monday, December 30th. And my daughter and her family were leaving on December 31st. So my husband said, okay, we got the license. And he said, well, that's your birthday. Monday, December 30th was my birthday. And he said, so I guess we're getting married on your birthday. And that is certainly not a date that I would have chosen, um, not especially not on my birthday. So 
we went on Monday. I went and got a little dress, and we went with my son and my daughter, my son-in-law, my grandsons, and we just went to the clergy. And we went out into the back where they had a beautiful little gazebo. And um, so I felt like a little giddy girl getting all dressed up and makeup, and my daughter fixed my hair, and, and I was just so emotional. And so I was crying the whole way to the clergy, and my husband was in the other truck with my son, and he was emotional. We get there, and it was just like our first marriage, our, 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 that we both cried the whole time. So we both were there under the gazebo crying. Our son and our daughter were crying. It was very beautiful. It was very precious. And we said, I do again. And the Lord I said, Lord, why on my birthday? I felt like the Lord said, well, it's your birthday. And it's a rebirth of your marriage. And it ended up being even around the time that I was actually born. I was born around 245, and that's when we got to the clergy, and we got married around 3 o'clock. So it was just all so symbolic that it was definitely God's choice, God's way, and um, we just accepted. I just I, I said, yes, Lord. And that's what we have to say through the entire reconciliation and entire journey and process is, yes, Lord, have your way. You already know. It's let your kingdom come and your will be done. So, again, it's nothing that I did, nothing that I could have ever did. I couldn't have done it, and I wouldn't have planned it that way, but God. But God. He did it in his way and in his time, and it was precious. So I am now officially a remarried woman, uh, fully restored, and we said I do again. Amen. Oh, my goodness gracious. I even learned more details on this, I think. The rebirth of your marriage, to me, I got goosebumps. Just I've got chills of what God said to you. Um, I, I really got chills is the exact words I want to say uh, because what a meaning that means to God that it is a rebirth of your marriage of recommitment to your wedding vows that you have been praying and fighting for. And, uh, yes, many of our standards uh, get tempted to become a prodigal or to give up and think that it's over. I can't do this any longer. But um, Lori and, and Deanne and Donna and all the people that have ever worked for us have seen them get discouraged and defeated but we've seen the end results and the stories that come out of it afterwards like yours that you get the stories and the you feel the emotions to it. But, oh, my goodness, then when you get up on your birthday, you do not know that day is going to be your wedding or your recommitment of a wedding day of renewing your vows and, and saying until death do us part. Um and how glorious God knew it all along, but he is wanting us to take his hand and trust him so many times. And uh, it is hard sometimes through some of the circumstances, but you have had a, a longer road than you thought you were going to be on, but God has taken you through it, and you have gotten the glory, and God got all the glory uh, in the end. And now you, your dream that you had for this last two years uh, has come to fruition. The scripture that comes to mind, Ian, when you were talking about choosing joy um, is from Job 8, where it says, He will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. 
And like Job, you went through many years of trials and struggles and probably wondering if it was ever going to happen and it wasn't happening necessarily the way you wanted or on your timeline. Can we go back Mm -hmm. a little bit and talk about the 10 years where you and Vic were, were just seeing each other on the weekends and what were you thinking and feeling at that time? Were you frustrated? Were you questioning God? Were you um, okay with the process taking some time if that's what needed to happen or where were you at emotionally during that time? Well, in the beginning when uh, we started dating again, um, in my mind, I was like, oh, we're going to be married in six months. You know, this is going to be great. And I immediately started talking about getting remarried. And it was no, been there, done that, no desire to get married. We're not going there. And I was just like, okay, so, you know, just it was a constant seeking of the Lord again. It's like, okay, Lord, what's going on? I don't understand and as as I knew with all my heart that God put my husband back in my heart and he gave me a love and a desire for him and he told me to trust him and not look at the situation, the circumstances, look at anything, you know, in my husband or in our lives that I didn't like, um, that, that all things are subject to change, you know, and that's where... Uh, many times during that 10 years, um, I was frustrated and I tried to get out of it. Um, Lord, I don't want this. I just want to be alone the rest of my life. That's fine. You'll be my husband forever. And God just kept saying, no, it's not about you. I need this. I need your husband. Um, and you remarried. It's for your children, your grandchildren, your future lineage. It's for my purpose, my glory. And, um, as many of you talk when you write in or, or we, you know, talk and pray on the phone together, uh, it's, did I miss God? Am I really supposed to be with this person? Like, why am I trying to make this happen? It's not happening. Um, well, we can't push or force, and this is just over time, <laughs> learning to step back and rest, which is what God calls us to do. We're, we're to let him fight the battle. We're just to pray and let go, and we're to take a step back. And we're to just seek him one day at a time. Okay, Lord, what are my marching orders for today? What do you need to reveal to me? What, you know, just show me, order my steps, direct my path. And um, take, our, take our mind off of ourselves. Uh, we get so caught up in what we, what we want and how we want it and when we want it. Um, and when we don't see it and we're not pleased with it, uh, we just want to run away. We want to run away and we, get, we want to just escape. Um, but it truly is a daily surrender uh, to rise up. You know, Lord, I believe and I agree with you. You know, not my will, but your will be done. I just want to honor you in all that I, you know, say, do, think, and feel. And um, so many, many times I did. I was, I was frustrated. I felt, you know, I felt unloved. I felt not good enough. I felt, you know, uh, unworthy. I felt, you know, just all of those emotions that come and, you know, not liking, you know, lifestyle or choices or preferences, you know, where you where you and your spouse may not be in agreement with things. Um, and you feel, well, there's differences, so how could this ever work? Because we don't like the same things. We're not in the same, you know, same area. We're not, you know, in agreement in certain things. But that that is not what determines your covenant. Um, when we make the vows, we say our vows and we make that commitment and that covenant of marriage, that is what it's about. And that's what we need to continue to come back to and return to is honoring your covenant, 
honoring your vows and keeping that commitment. We know it says for better, for worse, for rich or poor, sickness and health till death to us part. And I think that pretty much covers everything. And again, I through those ten years I kept trying to tell him, move down, move down south with me and he's like, No, I don't like it down when you move up with me and it was just it was the struggle of our wills and I just thought that I was totally right that he needed to move down with me. <laughs> and then God just said, No, you're gonna sell your house and you're gonna move <laughs> So and then when I moved up here, um, you know, it was just again like like you said, you know, choose joy. Um, there were so many little things that I was like, God, you know, did I make a mistake? Should I not have sold? I'm not happy here. I'm not comfortable here. I'm, I, I, I don't know anything here. Like, like I wanted to go back. I guess our natural tendency is we want to go back to where we're comfortable, just like the children of Israel wanted to go back to Egypt, even though they were enslaved and it was right. bad. They, they missed, they missed, you know, and, but, but what God does, he is so, like he, with the Red Sea, you know, he, lifted the Red Sea, he raised it, but then he shut it, he put it down, they couldn't go back. And that's what God did to me, and that's what he does to us if we'll, if we'll stop and listen and pray. You know, he shut those doors. That God sent me the buyer. God did the miracle. God sold my house. God removed all of the obstacles, and it was just one thing at a time continuing to move forward. There was one day when I was sitting on the floor going through boxes, my husband had letters and papers and I was going through his stuff and my stuff and I found I found notes that my husband had written um 92 93 that's when we were separating and divorcing and I I sat there and read the notes of how much he loved me and was asking me to forgive him and uh, my heart was just so hard um and I didn't even I didn't even remember reading those letters way back then because my heart was so hard and shut and cold just turned off and I was just like, no, 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 no. But, but God. And I sat there and wept and said, look, but God, here I am 27 years later living with my beloved and God has redeemed. He has redeemed me. He's redeemed my marriage. He's redeemed the time. And I looked up redemption. Redeem is to buy back, pay off, to recover, to exchange, to discharge or fulfill the promise to make up for, to obtain release or restoration. So this is what God does. He redeems us from our past. He redeems us from our, our sins and our disobedience. And he brings us back into his will. And I truly believe that God restores all the years that the locust has eaten. Um, that is what he does. He brings us to that place that if we stay humbled and surrendered and just seek him daily for all that we need, as the word says, seek first my kingdom and my, you know, his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And we just allow our focus to be set upon the Lord Jesus, that he is the center of our lives. And God does restore all the years the locust has eaten. I just know that beautiful blessed things are ahead. I know that whatever, you know, challenges we had last year, my husband had double pneumonia when I was in Texas with my daughter, and I came back and caring for him. Just through all the health challenges and the broken foot and the shingles and the loss of our granddaughter going to be with Jesus. I mean, just so, so many. Um, and I, 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 I just didn't know when the remarriage was going to happen. But, but God, 
God knew, he already knew that it was going to be on my birthday and it was going to be before my daughter left to go back before the end of the year. He wanted it to happen. It was his time to happen last year. Wow. Amen. You know, there are so many scriptures that you have said with the words that there's so many scriptures that we could do a Bible study with just your testimony of all the different illustrations you have used this afternoon. Um, one, you have persevered. And James 1, 4 says, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That is what you did. That is what you've, you've done. And you both have done it in in many different ways. But perseverance, you have not given up, thrown in the towel and said, I'm not, I'm going to keep counting. I'm not. You're trusting the Lord. And that's one of the keys that you have said is you kept looking to the Lord. And that is so important because if we leave God out of the mix, the devil is going to put his foot in and cause so much confusion. So bring back all the pain and suffering and all the different circumstances. And God is saying, Forget the circumstances. I'm doing a new thing. You just can't even believe what I'm going to be doing in the future. And like Bob coming home, when he came home, definitely that afternoon, and many people may not have heard our story, our full testimony that's listening to this may be new, but Bob came down suddenly. I'm working and said, I must see you, and he looked like he was very upset and angry and and he was because God was really convicting him that day that he needed to make stop saying no to tell him, for what he was telling him to do was to come back home to his wife and to his children. So you can't mm-hmm. change the past, but you can change mm-hmm. the future and and mm-hmm. and keep seeking the Lord. I think you seeking the Lord. Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16, the Lord reminded me of that scripture, that, that scripture, and it says, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Now, Psalm 145 is one of my um, many favorite psalms, so you can read it, but the eyes of all look to you, and we want everybody to have that personal relationship. I think the, one of the keys that you've had, Deanne, is that regardless of your ups and downs with the Lord and your emotions that you have said you've felt, you kept turning back to the Lord, and mm-hmm. you and you didn't mm-hmm. give up. You don't give up. You just keep pressing forth and pressing on. The one thing I, oh my goodness, when you mentioned you were going through boxes, I still have boxes underneath <laughs> Bob and my bed that the, always are, are my prodigal year box, you know, boxes. And Bob and I, and, and we've written about it, you know, when he came home, he asked me and he pulled the box on and I said, oh, let's not go there. Let's not open that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's not open that now because mm-hmm. I have a lot of notebooks in there 
And a lot of my heart where we write our journaling and write down so you can remember all the ups and the downs and those special prayers, those special scriptures he gives you, oh, that special road trip that he gives you that he shows you something on it. The one thing that is evident is that things did not happen the way you would have planned. And so many people that we hear from and people who are listening to this are guilty of getting derailed because their journey doesn't happen the way they have envisioned it. And so there could be two things that happen. They can become bitter and they don't want to participate in it the way God is setting it up. There was many occasions probably where you could have stopped and said, okay, Lord, I'm done. I'm not waiting. It's been 10 years of dating and seeing each other every weekend but you persevered and just kept believing that God was going to bring about what you had been fighting for for so long. But the December 30th is not the end of your story. In fact, it's just the beginning. And I want everybody to understand that. So often people will contact us and tell us that they have had their marriage restored. And then within a short amount of time, or sometimes it's many years, they're back in the same problem because they did not continue to pray for their spouse. They did not change old habits. And so, Mom, did you want to talk about that a little bit? I know that you've talked to people just recently that have been in that situation and kind of just gave up on their fighting for their marriage and from keeping the enemy out of their marriage. Yes, that is exactly. Just recently, last week, and I say, are you still standing? Are you still praying for your uh, restored marriage? Are you praying for your husband, your wife? Are you still committed to uh, pray for God's best every day? But sometimes we get into a rut with our praying that we've stopped praying for our husbands, wives, or children or uh, praying scriptures. And that is my question and my uh, suggestion today is, Go to the Lord and say, have I become um, a prayer warrior that I've lost my heart's desire? Am I still praying the way that I did when I was praying for my spouse to come home? And the people that I spoke to immediately said, no, I'm not. I've lost that passion. Um, that desire, that earnestness, and and we got to talking, and we got excited every time with the person that they knew that they had to want to get back into that prayer time or find a quiet time that once a week, twice a week, that you spend a longer time praying like you have prayed special scriptures for special things that you see even in your children's lives that have, um, or your grandchildren's lives um, that you want to have. And that is where I, um, I really suggest that you go backwards and say, that's where I was standing, but this is where I am with a restored marriage, but I want to have my marriage to be the greatest that God wants it to be. But where are you in your prayer life? Um, I can say to Deanne that I know she's a prayer warrior now, but what those years that she talked about, was she having ups and downs? And you and I may have ups and downs with our prayer time. And may I challenge you to keep examining, are you reading the Bible? Are you praying uh, for different people, 
for healing for for their marriage. God may have you see somebody at church that you know, but they don't look like they're um, really close to each other that day. And God may just put it on your heart to pray for them. And I just want you to look beyond what uh, you're, where you are this moment, but that means stop and ask the Lord to show you and to speak to you. Deanne, what has your experience been, and how are you continuing to pray and stand in the gap for your husband, even now that you're restored? Well, the end of 2018, when we were, when I sold my house and moved up here, and then all the busyness, you know, the busyness of rejoining live stream, combining households, and just the busyness of everything. I that's why I feel like there was like a, an oppression or a heaviness coming on me, and it was stealing my joy. And I realized the Lord did say, "Where return to your first love." Yes, I love the Lord, and yes, I pray, and yes, I work, and I, you know, worship. But we know that the Bible says that He is to be our first love, our first affection, our first priority, and that um, we need to always set aside the busyness of the day, the responsibilities, and the schedules. That has to be secondary. It is seeking the Lord first. It is continuing to pray and intercede um, for your marriage, for your spouse, um, for God's will, God's plan, um, because it, it, it's a forever stand. It doesn't stop. Even as we went through all of last year and now we're remarried, um, it is it is forever. We have to realize the enemy never stops trying. That's why the Bible says, "Be sober, be vigilant," because your your uh, your adversary, the devil, roams about like a lion, seeking who he may devour. And that's where um, I believe, you know, even myself and many of you that I talk and pray with. We, we we get the enemy tries to bring in doubt, confusion, you know, uh, well, why is this happening? If this is God's will, how come it's not good? How come it's not easy? How come it's not joyful? How come it's not, uh, you know, blessed? Um, because we live in a fallen world and there is an enemy of this world. So we must forever be putting our relationship with God in prayer and intercession first to invite the Lord in, that he would be Lord and master, that he would be on the throne of your marriage, the center of your marriage, on the throne of your life. And um, so, yes, I, I definitely am continuing uh, to pray because I, I, I want the Lord to be honored through our lives, through our testimony. And we want, um, you know, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord is always with us. You know, he, he sees us through. He is always right there with us, 24-7. He never leaves or forsakes us. So this is where, you know, any thought or emotion that we have that does not line up with God's heart or word, you know, anything that's in opposition or contrary, we have to immediately take those thoughts captive. The Bible says to quiet our souls and buffet our flesh and put it under submission. And as we do that, we allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, that we're, you know, sons and daughters of God, listening and being led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, because we can't do it in our own strength. And we have to have that discernment to know when the enemy is coming in to try to divide and and cause havoc. So yes, forever standing and forever uh, interceding and being that prayer warrior for your for your marriage. I think that's so important. And many of us probably went through some kind of um, marriage counseling before premarital counseling before we got married. And it's so important to continue that. Some of you 
when you hit this point of restoration, may go through that type of counseling before you're remarried, or you might go into something after you're married um, through biblical counseling with someone, or you might make going to a marriage conference once a year a priority. We have friends who every year will find a godly-based, biblically-based marriage conference to go to so they can continue to strengthen that marriage. And it's just so important. If you're not feeding it and you're not investing in it, it's not going to be growing um, closer to God. And we've used the example before of a triangle. And if God's at the top of the triangle and a husband and a wife are at the other side, the way you're getting closer together is you're getting closer to God. And one thing happens as a result of the other. So it's just so important not to give up and think, well, we're remarried. Now we can sit back and, and just live happily ever after. It's, it's not um, what would be beneficial because the enemy will continue, like Deanne said, to try to to break up your marriage. Well, Deanne, one thing that is, we know for sure is that you have done a lot of waiting over the past 27 years. And it's been a journey that has had a lot of twists and turns. And, Mom, do you want to read the verse that's so special to you about waiting? Yes. Um, Psalm 27 is an excellent psalm to read. Um, I love reading the psalms. Uh, I read them more than once in in a year's time, and I would challenge you, if you uh, don't know where to go, uh, go to the psalms. They're beautiful. But... um, this is a psalm that's of David, it says, but I'm just going to read at the end. It says, verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. And that's maybe right where you feel like that today. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I know, and I have right next to it, court date. And I know that you may going be facing court, and there is that scripture, and it may give you. We've got to trust the Lord and just believe that He is going to be right there with you, holding you hand, your hand. And it says, "I'm verse thirteen. I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living." And then my favorite verse is verse fourteen: "Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart." and wait for the Lord. And that is what Deanne has done. Do not let the years scare you because this is her story, her testimony, because mine is not that that way. And you know Bob and our testimony, but we still um, grow in the Lord and wait on the Lord throughout the rest of our marriage and remarriage. We are waiting for the Lord, directing our steps, making us stronger, and wanting to have our marriage to be all that God wants it to be. Verse 14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Do not look at your circumstances. Wait on the Lord. Don't be distracted by what you're going through. Just remember, don't count the days, weeks or months or years. Seek the Lord, and he will direct your steps. That is what... Uh, Deanne has done, and that is what uh, I would strong, that's what we teach, and we strongly, strongly recommend it. So, Deanne, uh, thank you so much for sharing your victory that is beyond. If I could throw confetti, I would be throwing it where everybody could see mm-hmm. it. They we're just celebrating with you and Vic of all that God has done 
in the last uh, few weeks and months, and to God be the glory. And uh, would you like to pray for us, Deanne? Yes, I would love to pray for you. Thank you, Father, so much for allowing um, this battle that you won for my husband and I, Lord God, in our remarriage. Thank you, Father, that you will use it for your kingdom, for your glory, Lord, to encourage all of your precious sons and daughters um, that are believing, standing, and, and just praying and asking you, Father God, to bring healing to their marriages, to bring their spouses home, Father God, to... to um, just to bring that reconciliation, Father God, that would that would honor you. And Father, we know that a, a life of obedience um, to your word it honors you. It reflects your kingdom. It reflects your glory. It reflects your son. And we know that a life of obedience is is for us to be humble, gentle, submitted, and surrendered. Not living for ourselves, but picking up our cross, letting Jesus truly be Lord at all times. Obedience brings a blessing. It brings favor. It brings peace and joy and total freedom. We know that a life of obedience joins with Jesus in agreement that he finished it, he paid it, he purchased it once and for all. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage and strengthen and give great grace every single day fresh and new to all of these precious standards that they would uh, lay their lives down and just say, Lord, I want to obey you. And that is what I did, Lord. You kept reminding me, PM, just obey me, trust me, obey me. Don't question it. Don't don't try to reason and analyze it. Just obey. So we thank you, Father God, that when we say yes to you, Lord God, that you say yes to us, you say yes, um, that you will give us the desires of our hearts that you will reward our faith, that you will acknowledge our obedience, you will release the blessings, you will um, save and deliver our, our spouses, our children, that you will restore our marriages, God, that you will protect us, that you will bring the freedom, that you will bring the victory, the breakthrough, the miracles, Lord God. So we praise you, Father, that you are on your throne, that you are in control, that nothing exists without you. So, Lord, how can we not trust you? How can we not take you at your word? I pray, Father, that you would refresh and renew, revive and rejuvenate every precious standard's faith and hope and belief and trust in you, that you are not a man to lie nor the son of man to change your mind, that you are faithful, you are holy, you are righteous, you are a good, good father. And, Lord, your plans are always good for us. You said for for uh, your plans, you know the plans that you have for us, and they are for a hope and a future for good and not evil. So we bless you, we exalt you, we magnify you, Lord, and we say, Father, continue. Continue the work you've begun in all of us. Lord, we are asking for you to restore thousands of marriages. We're, we're believing for thousands of testimonies, God, not just mine. Lord, I believe mine is, the, is because it was such a long journey and a long stand and so challenging and so unbelievable and unusual. Father, if you could do it for me, you can do it for anyone. So we're thanking you, Father, for these long spans coming to an end and the victory of restoration coming forth, whether it's 20 years, whether it's two months, Father, we're saying thank you, God, for restoring and healing all the marriages around the world, Father, that your kingdom would get all the glory and that all will know who you are, that you are almighty God, you are faithful, and we love you, God. We love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank amen. you, Deanne. We're 
so encouraged. I know that this will be a great encouragement to many who get to hear it. If you have not heard Deanne's whole testimony where she shares about um, the journey to their restoration and exactly what God was doing through that time apart, you can go back and listen to episodes 17 and 18, and we have a two-part series that um, goes into more detail of that time, and you can see some more of the areas where God has been so faithful to Deanne through this time. As you listen to the podcast, um, we know that many of you listen on different players, and we would ask you to please go in and just write a review wherever you listen to this podcast. It is the best way to have the podcast be seen by other people, and we want as many people as possible to know that there is hope for their marriage that's hurting. There's hope for their children who are going through a struggling marriage. There's hope for restoration. And so if you would leave a review, that would help us, and that would allow more people to be able to see this podcast. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org. And help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.